for musical rejoins today. I have once again poured out our songs to a listener. In this case, it's not even really a listener. It's the husband of a listener, Syl, who we know through Brad Hewlett, who we talked to yesterday. And she said that when they're on road trips, her husband, he wants to listen to hair metal while she wants to listen to Drew Garabo Live. So in an effort to always expand our reach, get others invested in our show, emotionally, not financially. I'm not above going hair metal on Thursdays or a singular Thursday. So, Mark, congratulations. You've got today's hair metal rejoins, and we start off with Queensryche, Jet City Woman. normally what I would rock necessarily but if a listener of ours or the husband of a listener of ours wants to hear it we're all about it uh, John would you believe in doing my research for our next guest I discovered one of you know we talk about one season shows every once in a while shows that tragically only lasted a season yeah I discovered that Byron Belasco is responsible, in my opinion, for the greatest one-season program in television history. It's weird because I think so, too. But it's a different show? And I think we're talking about different shows. Okay, on the count of three, we say our show. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Detroit 187. Flash forward. Oh. What was Detroit 187? Well, I think he was a producer on that, but that yeah, was a show. Same. I think it was like 2010, 2011, uh, and maybe it was my connection to Michigan and Detroit, but it was just a great kind of true crime, mm. uh, followed like the Detroit Homicide Unit. And the girl that plays Alicia in Kingdom is one of the main characters in Detroit 187 as well. So Kingdom was brought to our attention by our buddy Ryan Redbeard, who turned us on to The Wire, who turned me on to The Shield, who has phenomenal... His top five of television programs are about my top five. He's got Boardwalk Empire in there, Breaking Bad in there. Really, if you're into good TV. So... He reached out to you and said we would love this show. Yeah, like years ago when it was just living on DirecTV in the AT&T world, he said, you got to find a way to watch this show. I tried a little bit, didn't find it, and then years later started hearing that it was coming to Netflix. And, you know, I was on it, I think, the day that it came out, July 1st. And there's no one who knows my television taste like you. We spend five days a week together at work, and then outside of work sometimes we hang out as well. And you knew I was going to love this show. And so you turned me on to it, and within the first episode, I'm texting you going, how did we not find out about this show? So last week, out of the blue, we, we just saw that Jonathan M. Tucker was tweeting, and I said, hey, tweeted him, here's our phone number, call us if you get a minute, thinking there's no way that's going to happen, but we'd shoot our shot. What does he do? He calls us. We had an amazing interview with Jay from the show. And Jay kind of um, let the cat out of the bag, not on the one. Well, that was a pretty big 
plot point. Yeah, right? I guess so. So, so Byron Belasco, creator, uh, television producer, screenwriter, uh, genius in my opinion. I would only ask that you don't scare off the spoiler-phobic listeners that we have <laughs> who are currently balls-deep in Kingdom because we've sold it slash evangelized about your program to them. Are you kosher with that? I'm kosher with that. I will not reveal anything about the plot. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. First of all, thank you for making time with us, but more importantly, thank you for creating three seasons of some of the most gripping, emotional compelling and magnificent television in my opinion ever created in the form of kingdom well first of all thank you for saying that that's very gratifying to hear i always love it if it can grab people um particularly in an emotional way uh, outside of just the fighting although that obviously plays a huge part in it but uh, i want to thank you guys for being so um uh, great about putting the word out there and and um, you know bring it to your audience. It just means a hell of a lot. You know, as you were saying, the show was so hard to find for so many years, and now we finally have that platform. And um, it's you know word of mouth is is what we need. So thank you. Oh, that's our pleasure, John. Sending what do you have for Byron Belasco? Byron, talking about that platform, can you give us a little peek into what that negotiation process is like, or what that how it ended up there? Was there a discussion? Hey, we're looking at Netflix. We're looking at Directv. How did it end up where it ended up initially? Uh, it, it was it was very mysterious and Byzantine. So the way. It worked, and why the show was so hard to find, and I'll be quick so it doesn't get boring, but the streaming rights were tied up for years and years and years um, because DirecTV thought they were going to launch their own streaming thing. Mergers happened. That didn't happen. Uh, so the rights were tied up. Pandemic hit. Everybody's, you know, watching TV like it's their job. <laughs> it kind of is. And... Um, Coincidentally, the rights happened to for all the seasons happened to become available, mm. and the studio took it to Netflix and they snapped it up, and the whole thing was done in like a week. So fast that I barely even knew what was happening. And in fact, somebody completely unrelated to the show told me congratulations, and I was upset <laughs> about what. And uh, not to do that, it's been it's just it's been awesome. You know, there's not again we're kind of pro doing all the promotion ourselves basically but it, it, it does definitely feel like it's getting out there and people are catching on to it well it does for us Byron because we you know we've got a very activated and devoted fan base but I don't want to be so blind to think that they represent America right now do you have a glimpse at what the numbers look like because I know it just dropped on Netflix beginning of July do you uh, do you get any numbers from them about what they are now and what they need to be for them to look at doing a season four? Uh, I, I don't have any numbers. I don't think they really make an evaluation on acquired shows until about a couple months in. So we haven't got any numbers from them. Um, I don't know what their metrics will be for, for keeping the show. Although what I do know is that we have a very high retention rate, which is very important to them, which means people start the show and finish it. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's that's been great. I mean, I, just, I love the fact that people have been cranking out 40 episodes 
over a weekend. It's oh, awesome. yeah. Let me tell you, there's something wrong with you psychologically if you could watch that first episode and then not watch every episode to the end of season three. You got something wrong with you if that's the case. John Sending, what do you have for Byron Belasco of Kingdom? Byron, if we can get into some nitty-gritty, because I know we, know we only have a limited time with you, of the show, uh, if, if within the first season there is a question and something that takes place that stuck with me the entire series, I've seen people talking about it online, and I want to get your personal opinion. Ryan Wheeler takes Keith's bear and hides the bear. That sticks with me the entire show, and I'm not sure why he did that. Can you just give us a glimpse into, from your perspective, Ryan Wheeler's mind? Is he just a psycho? It's funny that you bring this up because this is one of the questions I get asked the most. And the answer to that question, why did he do it, or why does he think he did it, I don't think he quite knows why he did it. It's just in Ryan's DNA to try to gain some kind of advantage or some kind of leverage. It's his way of surviving. It's it's part of being uh, a man who has been an alpha in every situation except for when he's in the shadow of his father. He's been institutionalized in a prison, which is sort of, you know, there's there's ways you survive in there. And... I don't think he could help himself. I think if you asked him, he wouldn't know exactly why he did it. But it did bond them together. Uh, We were speaking uh, with Byron Belasco, creator of Kingdom, which is catching fire on Netflix. And if you haven't watched it yet, I thoroughly encourage. We've been talking about it, I mean, nonstop. And, uh, you know, the fact that Jonathan would just respond to a tweet and call in. Did you know when you were writing the character of Jay that that character above all others was just going to pop and really stand out and uh, and be something special? Or did it take Jonathan Tucker bringing it to life to go, oh my God, what a great role? Well, I knew I had the potential uh, to be that just because of the nature of the character and the makeup. But you really don't know until your, your actor... Uh, builds the character with you and Tucker's just phenomenal and really really poured himself into it uh, to the point where I mean as I think he mentioned to you guys you know his wife would be like you got to stop this you know what I mean to me being like stop you're ruining my life because this guy's Jay at home you know he he kind of (laughs) had that much on it so you know, I, with, with Tucker and, and all the other cats, we really, you know, as things went on, we really built these characters together and, and, and brought in our own lives into the show in a lot of ways. It was uh, a lot of life happened during the times we were making the show with loved ones lost, children born, you know, oh. all that kind of stuff. We, life, you know. It is, and we really see the range of emotions, and I can tell kind of what television programs influenced you by the by like the feeling you get from Alvi because like there's this anti-hero of a Tony Soprano and a Walter White and there's a human element but yet he keeps screwing up and doing these detestable things yet for some bizarre reason you can't help but have that soft spot for the guy even though he seems to screw up every damn thing I mean Foxy Roxy how in the hell do you blow that for Christ's (laughs) sake right I know I know look he's a guy that, um, you know, he, like so many of us, he, he's trying to find his place in the world and his identity, and he's, he's dealing with his own mortality. And, and the struggle of letting go of being a fighter his whole life and trying to be a coach, which those are two very, you know, it's sort of a metaphor for life, but it's, you know, when you're young, you're about yourself. When you're older, you're about taking care of 
the ones you love that yeah. depend on you. Oh. Um, and that's the transition from fighter to coach. And it's not, it's not natural for everybody. No. And you know, you fight against that. Yeah. Plus you're uh, you're a product of your upbringing and he didn't exactly have the strongest role models when it comes no, no disrespect to the great uh, Talia Adrian Shire, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but she, he didn't exactly have the greatest role models for parenting growing up. Right. Correct. And by the way, she was the nice one. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. She definitely was. Uh, now, uh, John Setting, what do you have for writer, executive producer, and creator of Kingdom, Byron Belasco? Byron, I will say, by far, just from the opinions we're hearing and in my own heart, Dom is the most hated character on this show. When you sit down and write for a character like that, is that your goal? Do you want to make people hate him as much as they do? And secondly, will we ever know and can you let us know what the hell was in uh, his bootleg protein powder? Uh, he doesn't even know it was in the boot, uh, bootleg protein powder. It was something from China. Um, uh, Dom. So Dom is is a character that you find in, in MMA or almost any endeavor, which is a guy that comes into a gym to stir it up for his own reasons, to, for his own relevancy, and it can become a cancer in there. So I wanted to introduce that element uh, where... You know, Alvy and Lisa have so much going on. They bring in a guy. They're not paying attention exactly to what he's doing, and he slowly and slowly kind of starts to wrap his arms around the gym and take control and 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 stir it up. So he wasn't meant to be loved, but I think too, even with Dom, as much as you might hate him, you got you got to understand this is a guy fighting to live and and and, and keep his his fingernails in the world somehow before he goes spinning off the planet himself, you know? Yeah, and if there is something that we gl- we glean from this show, it's that very few of us are pure good or pure evil. We are all uh, some shade of gray between the two. And speaking of that, I'm having a hard time reconciling how I feel about Lisa through her whole character arc because there are moments when she seems so awesome and fun-loving, and then there are moments where I'm just like, oh, what? she's detestable. Yeah. Am, I, am I okay in feeling that way about the matriarch of the show? Certainly, you should feel that way. I mean, she's she's not perfect, but she's also she's a fighter, and and to be a woman in her position in this sort of pack of wild animals, you you have to be tough, and at times tougher and uh, and harder than 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 the guys around you. Yeah, it's a good. Point. So you can absolutely not like her sometimes, and think that she's uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> sawing off the edges <laughs> but at the same time put yourself in her position what would you do no, yeah, that's a really good point uh, John Setting what do you have for Byron Belasco Byron can you kind of break down the timeline for when for how that final season came together and when you found out there wasn't going to be a, a fourth season because it, it it's there are so many things going on and then Steering clear of spoilers, obviously what happens, happens, it, it wraps up. Was there a point where you were writing the third season as if there would be a fourth season, and then eventually that that wasn't the train of thought anymore? Yeah, so with every season of the show, I always sort of thought of it as like, we're, just, we're dropping into these people's life for a season. So you can kind of come in at any point, and this is what's going on, and you follow that, and you know, it's, a, it's more of a character-driven than a plot-driven show. Um, so I, I kind of write every season to feel like it, it could end on a certain level. This one, you know, we were doing the season 
we were in negotiations. Everything had been negotiated for the next season, so we were planning on uh, shooting another season. It was all kind of done. And I remember being on set and being with the, uh, uh, Pat, who was our editor, also directed the finale. Um, and we did, we did that last shot. And I remember saying to him on set, I was like, huh, did we just end the show? And then, but not really, not really thinking that. And then, uh, several weeks later due to business stuff and between studios and networks, uh, they ended up not, not being able to continue with the show. So we felt like we had more story to tell, but we also felt like it, it definitely ended in a satisfying way. I mean, you know, you, you can feel, you can feel, it feels like a complete show, but like I said, by some miracle, if, uh, you know, Netflix or whoever wanted to do another season, we got another season. That's for sure. Are you open to the possibility if you don't get another season of Netflix, writing a movie and uh, doing something full length, or does that fall outside of your comfort zone? I would I would listen to anything, and uh, I think a movie could be great. I think I, I think the show holds together as a show better than a movie, probably, just because so much of it is about the small moments in their lives. Um, but I think now that we have you know forty hours of, of run, runway laid down, we could there can definitely be a movie if if that if that was uh, something that people wanted. Right on. John Senning, what you got for Byron? Yeah, this kind of goes more to the structure of a show as well. Usually in shows like this, we don't see a single season with 20 episodes. Woo. Was In the beginning, was was there an idea that this would be four seasons and just how that 20-episode season came to be? So this is, again, this is kind of more slightly boring stuff. Yeah. But, uh, it, it's, it, 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 we did 20 episodes because the studio wanted to do, 20, uh, do a 20-episode production cycle because that's, that's cheaper than breaking up into two 10-episode production cycles. So we shot them together as 20. I wrote 20 scripts in nine months, uh, got shingles from all the work, uh, if anybody's interested. I was. Uh, yeah. then, we aired them. <laughs> then we aired them as two different seasons. So in my mind, it really plays like four seasons, yeah. and you should just watch yeah, there's kind of a break in there where you feel like there's been a gap uh, a little bit. So I love that. I mean, just knowing, knowing that you have those 20 once you start that season is a great feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was once it was done, I was glad to have him in the can and excited about it. But it was it was a it's, it's a long haul. The, show, the show's hard to make. It's hard on the actors. Um, but it was a blast to make, too, so. Hey Byron, we talked to uh, we talked to Jonathan Tucker about the music in the show and how pivotal it is. And at first, it was unfamiliar to me because I didn't know any of the bands and 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 I didn't really know how to feel about it. But I think halfway through the first season, my mentality switched, and you really, really put the sizzle on the steak with some of the song choices that you made, both lyrically and sonically. Is music just as important to you as character development, or you know where does that rank in there? And how did you come up with all of this great music? Well, it's it's huge for the show because you really want, especially the way we made this show, which is a sort of polished verite style. So you really feel like you're in that world. Um, that we really wanted the music to not be kind of super well known pop song needle drops, more music that they might be listening to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that of the world that wasn't so familiar that you were like, oh, I know that song. You know what I mean? Because sometimes I think that takes you out of it. I mean, later we do a couple of songs, obviously, you know, Chris Stapleton. But generally, we lesser-known artists uh, 
because we just really felt like it was natural to the world and created the world. And so myself and uh, Pat, Pat McKinley really, really dug in to find these great sort of underused, underrepresented artists. Um, yeah, and you and, did. Uh, so. Yeah, you did for sure. All right, John, one more question, and then we'll make our shameless uh, plea uh, for Byron Belasco, creator of Kingdom. What you got? Byron, can you just, I mean, the, the characters are so amazing that I think if they existed in another universe, you could still connect to them. Can you talk about, you know, why the connection to MMA and what MMA means to you and being able to really show behind the scenes of, of what a gym can look like? Yeah, I mean, in, in MMA, I, is, I've been a huge fan of the sport forever since it was, you know, a video cassette next to Faces of Death and Blockbuster. <laughs> um, but really what brought me to it was, was the sort of, who are these people? Why would they choose to get in a fight for, for comparatively little money? Um, and come from sort of different walks of life, and then it just, it just became such a metaphor for life to me and for family and uh, survival that I sort of realized, you know, there's a tendency to think, well, for a show to reach a lot of people and resonate with a lot of people, it needs to be a, a sort of broadly relatable subject. But I believe that the more specific you are with the subject and the emotion, it actually becomes more relatable because it, it really becomes about a, a very re uh, specific, relatable human experience. We all know the pain... You know, these fighters are living the same life most of us are, just on a little bit heightened, more visceral plane. But it's still the same things people struggle with every day, you know? And so you can see yourself and your struggle reflected in them. So, you know, once I hit on that, you know, you just start pouring your, your, your personal life into these characters, and it, it comes alive, and I think people feel it because it feels like their life in a certain way no doubt about it well listen you wrote two episodes of flash forward and you were the co-executive producer i believe for all 12 i loved that show i thought it was something special and then it was taken away from me by those network pricks never to be seen <laughs> again uh but it is more than validating now that i get kingdom because uh it's made me forget about flash forward yeah. until i was researching you before the show and realized you were connected for with it um John and I would love to speak with you again. We actually just started a podcast about Kingdom where there are spoilers, but we're taking it three episodes at a time. And courtesy of Jonathan Tucker and his opening line to us when we interviewed him, we're calling it Sex Weights and Protein Shakes. Uh, a, do, Thanks, we, do we have your blessing to, to disperse that? And B, uh, can we at some point in time, preferably towards the finale, talk to you again where we can get a little bit deeper into the thick of what happened on the show and get your insight on that at a later date. Absolutely. I'd love to. Be happy to. And you have my blessing. Oh, awesome. What a, moment. So much. what a moment. Uh, we wouldn't want to do it against your will yeah. for sure, but we still would. Uh, <laughs> Byron, you're a, you're a hell of a human being. You're a very talented dude. I look forward to seeing what you have for us next, and we're going to keep spreading the word. I think that's the best thing people can do right now to get a season four is just watch the crap out of this show, spread the word on social media, and any of your guys you want us to talk to, we're more than happy to. We'd love to talk. Even Dom, we yeah. get our, oh, oh, John, can I do my best impression oh, from the- Oh, oh you okay. got to hear this. Yeah, right, Byron, right. they're going to love this. All right, yeah, anybody could probably give you an Alvy or even a Dom or a Jay, but here, here's my impre best impression for this show. <clears throat> Don't worry. I'll take care of your mom. She's an effing thoroughbred, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
spelled Jamie Harris, the greatest, the greatest pimp on television. <laughs> <laughs> I've really been working on my Terry the Pimp just for this very moment. Uh, Byron, thank you, man. Thanks for the time, and uh, and we'll reach out to your people when we're ready to uh, to have you on Sex Weights and Protein Shakes. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. You guys are the best. Really grateful, and uh, thank you. Absolutely. Pour yourself an Alvi tonight, and uh, we'll do the same, all right? I shall. Talk to you soon, boys. <laughs> Take care, man. Oh, man. He's so cool. Talk to you soon, boys.